Hey everyone, it's Danny Burke of VEASAN's Rush Hour. Be sure to check out my podcast, the Chicago CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all of the Chicago teams. If you're from Chicago or just a fan of any of the Chicago sports teams and you want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Chicago CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts readily made available to you. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host. As always, you can get in touch with me on the tweets at Danny Burke Five. You can also get in touch with my other show, Rush Hour, which goes on Veasan, the sports betting network. Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. I do that show live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. And not only can you catch it if you show up to the sportsbook and join the great environment and food, but also VSIN.com slash subscribe. And not only can you get access to my show at VSIN, you get 24-7 live video streaming, point spread weekly, our digital betting guide, all of our betting guides for all of our specific sports, daily emails in the newsletter with best bets, insights, tidbits, trends, everything you could need to become a better handicapper for just $22 per month covering every single sport baby we got you vsin.com slash subscribe and then my show in particular as i mentioned you can also get it on the marquee sports network fubo tv sling tv youtube tv the xfinity app and the iheart radio app that's monday through friday 5 to 6 p.m central time all right on today's episode you know what we do we kind of do a reset in a sense right we've had a night to digest the bears debacle against 49ers so we'll get into that see where our feelings currently reside we'll also jump into bear with me yeah i guess i'm scraping together some material for bear with me and why there still may be some glimmer of hope for the chicago bears team of course we have where's the beef Furthermore, we got a Bulls game to look forward to if you're listening to this on Monday, a prop that I like in that game, so we'll discuss that. Um, We'll also recap college football, so not only can you hear me scream about the Bears again, but you can hear me scream about my alma mater because I usually like to wait to see how the Bears dictate my mood after Nebraska inevitably disappoints me, and then when they just tumble upon each other, it gets even better content-wise and for everybody to hear me scream. So I know everybody else loves that, looks forward to it. So don't worry, we'll recap this past week in the Big Ten, and especially with Nebraska and Scott Frost. But let's get you started with a night to digest. We've had time to sleep on it. We have had time to process this game, relatively at least. Um, what are we thinking about it now? Anything that has changed in terms of what we thought yesterday? Do I regret anything I said? Um, yelling at this defense saying they get a hundred percent of the blame to put it frank. No, I don't regret anything. How, I mean, nothing. It's not like we do these reaction episodes, right? And you know, a lot of times that's what's fun about it because it's pure emotion right after the game. But to me, nothing has changed in my mind whatsoever. That's still a game the Bears should have won. That's still a game their defense needs to be held 100% accountable for because of the actions or lack thereof they took on the field yesterday. There was no desire to tackle. There was no desire to stop the run. There was no desire to make Jimmy Garoppolo look like the quarterback he typically is against damn near every other team in this league. Pathetic 
effort by this defense. It's still the same sentiment out of me. It's not going to change until proven otherwise. And even still at the end of the season, heck, this defense could be the best in the latter half of this year. I don't care because what they did yesterday was inexcusable. And they cost this Bears team a win against a very beatable San Francisco 49ers team. Very. The offense looked decent enough. Yes, I get it. They could have done better. You could be, well, you know, the defense was okay. But it's like, you know, if the Bears would have scored touchdowns. Yeah, I get it. But you have to realize where this team is coming from offensively. And the fact that the thing that just ticks me off even more so is not only did you have Justin Fields finally play a, a solid game for the most part, right? You had him make that crazy fourth down play that I just can't get out of my mind, but it was absolutely spoiled by not only the extra point being missed, that kind of does change the momentum of the game. Not that the defense would have played better, but a little bit. And then obviously just get spoiled because not only do you lose, but you lose in brutal fashion. 18 points in the fourth quarter for the 49ers. Get out of here. 24 second half points after holding them to nine. And realistically, maybe they should have gotten six in the first half instead of nine because of that huge play to Debo Samuel, who just torched this defense. Eddie Jackson being out uh, definitely didn't help. I get Khalil Mack didn't, but this is still a beatable team. I don't change that in my mind. I think if they played him again, it would not surprise me for the Bears to win this game. But then again, that's me banking on this defense actually giving a damn and looking like they care about making a play or tackling someone out there. Backpedaling, refusing to go to the ball and make a play. That was just not Bears football that any of us have been accustomed to seeing, at least in my lifetime too, especially. I mean, you know, I'm 25 years old, but I've never really seen a Bears defense look that pathetic. And I know I'm exaggerating in that sense a little bit, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, when you put on that uniform and play on the defensive side of the ball for Chicago, there's a stigma with it, right? There is a label that you have on you being that tough defense, being that gritty side of the ball that has always carried this franchise. And you didn't carry them yesterday when they needed you to. You got carried by Elijah Mitchell. He put you on his back and said, come on, we're going for a ride. I'm almost going to run for 200 yards. Gross. Just gross all around. With that being said, uh, of course, in the reaction show, I always gave, give my speculation on to what the uh, line is going to open up at for the upcoming game. And funny enough, I was very off on this. I was not close. I said what? I said four, maybe, was the line I think the Steelers were going to open up at, minus four. It was six and a half, so it wasn't, like, incredibly off, but, you know, two and a half points. Total, I think it said 41, 41 and a half. Opened at about 40. That doesn't surprise me. I'm a little shocked to see the Steelers as a six and a half point favorite. Not necessarily because I'm saying it's wrong, but just for the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers are laying six and a half against the Bears. That's what just, like, surprises me right now. From what we saw out of the Steelers and Big Ben at the beginning of the season and the injuries they have endured, to be on the road in this spot, and no, not a game I really expected them to win before the season, for sure not, but after everything's accumulated up to this point, and you see that, and it's just, wow, that really puts you in your place if you had any hope for this Bears team. And it's not that we necessarily had hope on this show, at least for this Bears team in the long run. Against the 49ers, I sure did. I don't deny that at all. The more we progressed throughout this past week, the more I thought the chances of them winning were going to come to fruition. 
And then you'd say, okay, well, you get the momentum after beating the 49ers, and then you get to go against the Steelers, albeit on the road, but against a terrible Steelers team right now. Bears might be looking a little bit better for sure. And I'm not like saying this in the scope of playoffs. Obviously, that would help in that regard. But my expectations coming into the season were nowhere like, hey, Bears need to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs and they're going to win a game. The play No, this was a development year all around. But where has the development been? Luckily, there was some slight development with Fields. And we'll get into that, of course, in just a moment with Bear with me. But that really was all you saw yesterday truthfully and again you know if that's all you're going to get development wise that's better than nothing but it's just frustrating when you had the lead in that game and you know you should have beaten that team like if field is getting development against say when the bears are playing the ravens or another tough team whatever it may be then that's like okay expectations weren't there but at least fields look good against stiff competition that wasn't the case against the buccaneers that wasn't the case against the browns packers eh Nothing that great all around. But to do it against the 49ers and not come away with it, that's just sad. And just makes everything so unexciting, right? I mean, are you guys looking forward to this Bears and Steelers game? I, I think it would have been great. I would be pumped if the Bears beat the 49ers. Then you're going on the road against Pittsburgh in a very winnable game as well on Monday Night Football to where if the Bears do win this game, or win that game, rather, against the 49ers. This line is probably at, like, three in favor of Pittsburgh. I, I honestly believe that. And Pittsburgh got a huge win this past week against the Browns somehow. But, man, six and a half seems like a lot. And I don't want to talk myself into taking the points with the Bears. But how can you lay almost a touchdown for the Steelers in any game. But that's the beauty of the Bears. It doesn't matter because they'll find a way to allow their opponent to embarrass them and dismantle them and beat them down and not cover because they are the Bears and they love to disappoint us, especially if we're putting money on it. But we'll see where this line moves. I'll be shocked to see this go to a touchdown or more. But if it does, I honestly, as much as the Bears tick me off and everybody else off out there, how can you not take that against the Steelers? That's my thought process. Total at 40 and a half, that's the right number. Although it went over it with the 49ers in a game we thought was going to be slow offense, as indicated by the odds at least. This will be interesting to see where the team totals go for each squad. But, I mean, realistically, it's going to be what? Like, I don't know, 20 and a half for Pittsburgh. And then probably 14 and a half for the Bears, somewhere like that. Maybe. Maybe 21 after Pittsburgh. We'll see. Because this Bears defense looked terrible. Again, Najee Harris is going to have a field day. Can't wait to see where his props are at. I'm probably going to hammer that one. Khalil Herbert, hopefully he's going to be healthy going into this game so we can have something to look forward to with the Bears. But again, you know, Justin Fields looked well enough in that game. And the defense killed him. But that's pretty much tonight to digest. Let's get into it with the other segments. If it wasn't already obvious what they are, where's the beef? The Bears defense gets a whole bunch of beefs. My beef is with you guys. You do well enough in most games with the bend don't break mentality. You've played well enough for this offense to win the game for you, right? Like the Bears defense was never the reason the Bears had lost. It was because of the offense, and it always typically is. Yesterday was like the first prime example of that not being the story. And it was your moment to be compatible, to help each other out, to lend a helping hand to each other and say, hey, we're actually teammates. We don't need to screw the one, uh, the other one over. 
No, 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 no. The Bears defense said, I, I don't I don't think so. We're we're just gonna fully judge it. We're just not really gonna show up today. So the beef goes to the Bears defense that made Elijah Mitchell look like RB1 in the NFL and Jimmy Garoppolo look like a top five quarterback in the NFL. And my goodness, that's embarrassing. And Debo Samuel looking like WR1. But Debo has been really solid this year. They have literally no one else to throw the ball to, yet he somehow still torched you in this game. Great game planning, guys. My God, Bears defense, you get the beefs. You already know my beef with them from yesterday and everything more I could just reiterate. But the Bears defense absolutely gets the beef. But on a positive note, where can we be in that side of things with Bear With Me? Where can we say, hey, Bear With Me, it's going to be okay. Or there might be a bright side to this. As I alluded to, it's Justin Fields. The plays he was making yesterday were fantastic and gave us all, as Bears fans, hope that we might have a reliable, fun, dominant quarterback down the road. Now, were there mistakes from him in this game? Of course. He's a rookie. That's going to happen. But they weren't anything that was completely detrimental. Almost had a couple risky throws and a bad sack he took here and there. But realistically, he's still making you know lemonade with the lemons as much as he can right now. With the talent he's given, especially on the offensive line, with the brutal coaching staff that has been implemented, Fields looked the best he has in that game. He really did. And that's why it stinks so bad that they couldn't win it for him. So you bear with me here in the sense of Fields looked the best he has and maybe he kind of took a turn a little bit and is fixing some of those subtle mistakes and realizing he can utilize his mobility to the best of his advantage. Spread the wealth, too. Marquise Goodwin got involved. Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. You like to see it. Steelers are going to be part of Bear With Me because, look, Steelers are not that great. We know this. Defense isn't the same as it was last year. They're dealing with injuries on both sides. Big Ben is a statue out there. The Bears defense theoretically should be able to put pressure on him, although they couldn't for anything against Jimmy Garoppolo. You're still going to miss Khalil Mack, which blows, but look, if you beat the Steelers, you can have some momentum going into the bye week. Much needed bye week at that. But I'm just not there to think the Bears can win this game. Can they cover? Yeah, I do think they can. But will they? Probably not if I put money on it. That's for sure. Um, but realistically, look, the Steelers are a very beatable team as well. The Bears will probably find a way not to take advantage of that. But if you want the positive side, the Steelers are beatable. If the Bears win, they can have some momentum going into their bye week. And heck, the way Minnesota looks right now, maybe the Bears can knock off two wins against the Vikings. Who knows? But realistically, the best bear with me here is that Fields looked fun. He looked awesome in some of those plays yesterday. So hopefully the future is bright and the offensive line doesn't kill him. And we keep this kid for the long haul and get some other pieces around him to actually suit him well. But that's what it's going to be for Where's the Beef and Bears with me. Coming up next, we are going to be previewing this Bulls and Celtics game for Monday night. Just an overall scope of the game, a prop that I like. And we'll recap Big Ten action this past weekend in college football. You bet I'm going to be screaming about Nebraska. So hold on tight. We'll be back talking college football and NBA next. Right here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bed Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. 
Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. The Chicago City Cast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same-game parlays in all of the pro football matchups. Plus, they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at BetRivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bets. Okay, time to talk some Bulls basketball here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Once again, Danny Burke, your host. As always, you can get in contact with me on the tweets, shoot anything to me, DM, whatever, if you have any questions, anything you want me to talk about on the pod at Danny Burke 5. We always go negative because we're Chicago sports fans. That's inevitable, right? But the bright spot is with the Chicago Bulls who have a game tonight against the Celtics. But you know what, really quick, because we didn't really have time to touch on this amidst everything that's happening with the Bears and college football this weekend. But of course, we always say the one bright spot we have, the Chicago Bulls. No, 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 no. Because you know why? Patrick Williams has to get injured and miss the entire season. We literally cannot have anything nice ever. And honestly, I can't remember if I ranted about this last week when it happened, but I don't think I did. So just how unbelievable is this? Honestly, I, I literally was sitting next to my roommate going, man, you know, I want to get excited about this team and this season, but something deep down is just keeping me from doing so. I'm a little bit leery about it. Because I feel like someone's going to get some kind of season-long injury. And look, I get it happens all the time. But it's PTSD from Derrick Rose. It genuinely is. And I tweeted about it. But it happens to Patrick Williams. And it's just it just stinks. It flat-out stinks. And I get it. That's the nature of the beast. And no, Patrick Williams being injured doesn't ruin the season. But it's a huge blow to a team that needed a defender down low. Needed someone to be gritty in those you know just banging with the elbows down on the boards because they're not great against big men defensively which we'll get into for a bet later tonight but that just stinks because he was really working hard you know was looking promising heading into his sophomore season maybe they could get him back for the playoffs but we'll see if the Bulls make any moves or if they just go deeper on their bench and the bench needs some help they need to you know pull their weight as of this point but nevertheless that's just being a Chicago sports fan, guys. You all know that. Uh, Bulls, Celtics, Chicago catching two and a half on the road. They're plus 118 at Bet Rivers. Celtics, who are laying two and a half, are minus 141 on the money line. This total at about 216. You know, it's I, I really am curious to bet the Bulls right now. I'm not like, okay, let me see. I'm curious to see how they play before I bet on them or against them right now because... I want to see what this dynamic of Patrick Williams being out adds to this team. Now, I get it. They had a huge win against the Jazz on Saturday. That was awesome. And bravo all around. Not even kidding. That was fantastic. I mean, to beat the Jazz at home with a guy in Rudy Gobert who can certainly kill you as with the rest of the team. Big ups to the Bulls for that game. That was a huge 
comeback in terms of the injury and loss against the Knicks performance. You know, Mitchell dropped 30, Gobert had 17, and look, the Bulls just played really good defense in this game. DeRozan continues to shine 32 points. Zach Levine dropped 26 dealing with the injury. Vooch was 16. I mean, look, Javante Green filled in the starting role with five points, but, you know, Caruso with seven, ideally you'd want a little bit more from there. But again, we'll see. We'll see what they can do. Derek Jones Jr. going to have to be a big piece of this team now as well. Celtics on the other side are a team that we kind of imagined um, going to be having a down year. There's really nothing impressive about them aside from Tatum and Brown. And that's been evident. They just lost back-to-back games against Washington. 116-107 at home. Went to Washington. Lost in double overtime. 115-112 Boston. Two wins this year against the lowly Rockets. And then an overtime against the Hornets. Celtics aren't good, but again, they have a slight advantage in this game because of the big men that they can present with Al Horford, Robert Williams. But this will probably be, it, it has the feelings like it could be a lower scoring game based on how the Bulls can match up with Brown and with Tatum. That would be my speculation at least. So 216 is probably where you're going to continue to see these Bulls totals until otherwise. But, um, you know, I forgot they got Schroeder in this game or on their team too, but they don't have that deep of a bench, you know, and, and that's what's concerning about the Celtics if you're looking to back them. So look, if you're giving me points with the Bulls against the Celtics home or away, I would be inclined to take the points with the Bulls. But again, I want to see because it's one of those things that we, you know, we talked about the fallacy of, you know, you lose your head coach. Look at the Raiders. They do well after Gruden. You know, you lose a star player and the team plays better right after. Take the Braves. That's long term, but just thinking of examples off the dome. Patrick Williams being out, Bulls coming off a loss. Everybody probably thought the Jazz was a great play. Bulls end up pulling out the win. But now that they've had time to settle in after it, how do they come out on the road against the Celtics? But like I'm saying, I think I would take the two and a half with the Bulls. But here's the thing, too. You know, if you're getting a game where it's a short spread, and by the way, Bulls 5-1 and one ATS this year. They just didn't cover against the Knicks. Almost did, as we know. But, um... This is implying, of course, that this is going to be a close game. That doesn't mean that it's 100% going to be, but it has a good chance. And even if that wasn't the spread, I think it would be a close game. So because I'm a little bit hesitant right now, I think what I'm going to do is just, you know, obviously stream this with Monday Night Football, but be ready to live bet the Bulls one way or the other. If you're looking to bet Chicago, maybe see how they come out of the gates if they're playing defense right away, which they have been, as we know. Uh, if they're getting some bench production, if their main guys are actually knocking down the shots they're supposed to be, they're not turning the ball over, and they're getting a rhythm right away, then the Bulls can certainly win this game. And you can probably still get a decent enough number or odds to bet on them because it'll be a back-and-forth effort, I'm sure. But again, we'll see how the big men also defend Boston. That's what's a little bit concerning in this game and down the road. But again, you know, I would take the points, but I think I'm going to wait and then try to in-game bet it. But the bet that I am making goes around the big guy, Robert Williams. Look, we did a Chua when the Bulls were playing the Raptors, hit that 4-1 to double-double and over his points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, Robert Williams plus 275 to record a double-double. I'm not in love with that. I wish it was like 3-1. to but something I would consider would be him to go get a double-double. But realistically, I like his over 8.5 points. He's gone over this mark in every single game but one. Just one he has stayed under. And now that you lose Patrick Williams, your depth defensively weakens. Nikola Vukovic also isn't even a good defender down there. And that's why it was a liability in the first place. Why we played a guy like Achua and will continue to do big men until otherwise. 
everybody has gone over this mark. Every big man has gone over this mark of eight and a half points against the Bulls, except for, I'm trying to think of the guy's name on the Pistons, their big man. But he went over it once. It was the second time they played. He didn't. So at least he was even to get, able to get over it at one point. So Robert Williams should be able to feast enough against this lackadaisical Bulls interior defense. So I like him at the shorter price of eight and a half. So Robert Williams over eight and a half points is my official play. Minus 127 at Bet Rivers. I know. I get it. You don't want to bet against the Bulls. We're not betting against them. We're just betting for them. We're really just taking advantage of a weak spot they have. That doesn't mean they're going to lose the game. Doesn't mean we're rooting for them to lose the game. We're trying to find a good betting angle here, and that's Robert Williams over eight and a half points, in my opinion. Bulls still have a great chance to win this game, and honestly, I would look toward betting that. But the official play is going to be Robert Williams, the big man for Boston, over eight and a half points. And if you're feeling frisky, to record a double double plus two seventy five. But I'm not fully there with that one as much as the Achua one. All right, that's what we got for basketball. Before we head out here, let's recap the crazy weekend in college football, specifically in the Big Ten, starting with Penn State and Ohio State. What did we say? Penn State would somehow find a way to make this game close because they always do against Ohio State, and everybody would be looking to bet against them because of recency bias. And what do they do? Make it close against Penn or against Ohio State. Ohio State gets the job done, 33 to 24, but it wasn't easy. That's for sure. But that's not surprising that that game was turning out to be a close one. Still like Ohio State going deep this year. People are forgetting about them. I keep saying that because I'm trying to manifest myself and actually betting it. But the odds aren't necessarily that great. So that's why I'm holding off a tad bit. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. This was a bummer. I bet the under 51 and a half, not even close. Defense was not anywhere to be found in this game except out of Michigan State in the second half. 37 to 33, the Spartans get the job done. Kenneth Walker, five touchdowns, 197 yards, 23 carries. Yikes, Michigan. That was your best part of your team and your defense, and you just got ran all over looking like the Bears, baby. Props to Michigan State. I, they're just finding a way. And that's what hurts if you're any other team in the Big Ten, specifically Nebraska, Mel Tucker, and what is legitimately like his first season last year at the COVID year, but even still had his team playing competitively. And now he's got his team just 8-0. Sick. <laughs> what is Scott Frost doing? 0-4 after bye weeks in his old tenure with Nebraska? Uh, sorry. Getting a little bit premature. We'll get in Nebraska in a second. But big ups to Michigan State and Mel Tucker. Good for you. Uh, Rutgers getting the win in that situational spot we mentioned against Illinois. Illinois, the nine-overtime game. Rutgers was coming off a bye. Came to fruition. Scarlet Knights win 20-14. to Maryland beats Indiana. Indiana being one of the most disappointing teams. 0-5 in conference play. Maryland wins 38-35. Minnesota, a team we keep forgetting about because they had a bad loss to Bowling Green and dealing with so many injuries. The running back got injured again. But they win 41-14 easily over Northwestern. No surprise. Wisconsin and Iowa. I thought Iowa would put up a better fight. Classic Wisconsin. If I'm leaning against them, they're going to hit it. If I'm on them, they're going to disappoint me. Wisconsin is like the Bears almost of college football along with Nebraska. But look, somehow Wisconsin finds a way to win. 27-7. Petrus continues to be arguably the worst quarterback in the Big Ten. I thought Mertz was, but Mertz didn't need to play. He went 11-22, 104 yards. Petrus, 9 of 19, 93 yards. Goodson only had 13 carries, 27 yards. There's your problem right there. Braylon Allen had 20 for 104 for Wisconsin. Iowa's defense is good. They're a little bit banged up. Wisconsin's run defense is just that much better. I, If you're an Iowa, I, 
Honestly, yeah, I was way more disappointing than Nebraska is this season in the sense that they had the perfect path to maybe getting to the college football playoff. I don't know if I will be a team that will ever get there because they just recruit the same type of quarterback every single year. And trust me, I'm not saying this as a Nebraska fan saying I'm going to see my alma mater there. But Iowa has every surrounding part always there. They just can't get that final piece, a.k.a. the quarterback there. And you had the beautiful beautiful pathway to getting there and you choked at home against Purdue. But hey, maybe we could still win the Big Ten West, but you lose against Wisconsin. Yikes! But going into this season, I figured Wisconsin would win this game, but everything changed and Iowa should be the better team, but they weren't. We'll see what happens in the Big Ten West. It's going to get ugly, but it's going to get fun. Minnesota-Wisconsin, baby. Ooh. P.J. Fleck finding a way to win. Another great coach in this conference. Alright. Let's get to it. Also, that wait really quick, that stayed under 27.7. So that total that went to like 35 stayed under also. So that's incredible. Okay, Purdue and Nebraska. Purdue gets the job done in 28-3. Nebraska had the lead originally and blew it because it's Nebraska. Adrian Martinez with the uh, box score of all box scores here. Frost guy, Adrian Martinez, and Martinez, I loved him, I supported him, and I don't know how I can anymore, and I know I said that after like week two, week three, whatever it was, the kid goes 14 to 29, 269 passing yards, two touchdowns, but four interceptions, and some of them just so bad, the kid just doesn't get it, and it stinks because you realize he still has all of this potential, maybe he's not getting coached up well enough, maybe there's just not enough talent there skill position wise, which could actually be an argument and was going into this season, but man, he just does not have what it takes, this team doesn't have what it takes, the defense did not do great, you know, I mean, they did fine, but they did, you know, what we say, they did well enough for Nebraska to win, but they just couldn't do it. This team is just pathetic, and I love using the word pathetic because that's how my favorite teams always play. And what makes it worse, first of all, look, Eden O'Connell, 34, 45, 233 yards, two touchdowns. I had some coming, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, Purdue's playing pretty well this year, and I get it, they are, because they beat Iowa and everyone was in love with them then, but it's still Purdue. <laughs> and it's still off a of bye week at home against Purdue. Scott Frost, 0-4 in bye weeks. Yikes. Not good. He needs to be terminated. He does. Where do you go from here? What is the incentive for coming to Nebraska if you're a recruit? This is so infuriating and just, I like, thank goodness I am out of the state of Nebraska and don't have to deal with covering this team. I feel bad for my friends who still have to do that because this team is just giving them nothing. Nothing. And the people of Nebraska are awesome people. I love them. Genuinely the most nice and sincere people you will meet. And that's what makes me even a little bit more mad and why other people should be mad in general because they don't deserve this. Most consecutive sellouts, I honestly hope that ends because the program doesn't deserve it. That's the only incentive for going to Nebraska if you're a recruit because the stadium is awesome. It's great. The fans are fantastic. Every opposing fan base, you know, just gives Nebraska fans props how nice they are and sincere because they are. It's a great state. It's a great town in Lincoln. Fun football environment. So fun. But at the end of the day, you know, enough is enough. And as Nebraska fans and a school that I went to and devoted time to covering and just going, like, you said this when you got Scott Frost, and that has just never been the case. And what's the excuse? Honestly, tell me. Because look what Mel Tucker just did 
to Michigan State. You're beating Michigan? Are you kidding me? Jim Harbaugh, who's been established there, who hasn't done as well as they've wanted him to do, but obviously still had success. There are just so many ways and things that Nebraska did wrong. I mean, in, in, in Nebraska, guys, or Nebraska folks talked about this during the Mike Riley era, which was the grossest era, but this is might be worse. And that is saying something. At least when Mike Riley was coach at one point, Nebraska, after beating Oregon at home, were ranked like eighth. No one or everyone rather knew they didn't deserve that when I was like a junior at school, but it was still fun to just say that they were a top team in the country. We knew we were going to get smacked and we did. But the thing is like, there hasn't been that at all with Scott for us. A glimmer of hope was actually this year. And if you would have beat Michigan, but you didn't. And then you lose to Minnesota in embarrassing fashion. Then you have a bye week and you say, okay, at least we can end on a high note. Maybe make a bowl game. Finally. Nope, 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 nope. You lose to Purdue at home because your quarterback is incompetent, your head coach is incompetent, and he just doesn't devote the full time he needs. I mean, that's it's the rumblings around Lincoln. I mean, he's not fully invested in this team. They're losing recruits left and right. Why would you go to Nebraska right now? And this isn't me doing a campaign against Nebraska. I'm literally just trying to be like, what? how is this team going to get better in the future? Because the coaching staff isn't doing a good job of developing. None of the specific coaches are. The special teams is a mess. Offensive line isn't good. Martinez hasn't progressed at all. Running back-wise, you're not getting any guys that have been fantastic ever since Amir Abdullah. I mean... <laughs> Nothing at all. And I mean, you know, you had Divine Ozigbo who's good and he's in the league right now. But after Divine, um, you've you've had nothing. I it's just really bad all around. I really don't see how this team is going to get better in the future here. What is your selling point to coming to Nebraska? You get playing time right away. The deals you can get making money in a smaller town in Lincoln, sure. If you're a superstar, you're going to be raking in the dough. I get it. I just it, it just really blows because they've gotten good guys in the past, and then they're here, and then they leave right away. And, you know, you can't blame them. You really can't. And it's just very frustrating. I mean, look, you know, we talk about Iowa, and I'm saying they're a quarterback away, but Iowa can develop their guys. They always have some big guys in the trenches to replace. They always have a solid defense. They have a great running back right now. Nebraska has none of that. Iowa's just one piece away, baby. Nebraska is 38 pieces away. <laughs> like, where where is the bright spot now? Because even the defense is taking a hit at this point. It's just not good. And I'm really hoping, of course, that it turns around because I love Nebraska and I want them to succeed. And I want to see a successful Cornhuskers program, which I was promised when I enrolled there. I was promised that, but that was assumed. And it's just tiring for the fan base for someone like me who's only been associated with them maybe like seven, eight years at this point. Yeah. And people who grew up there and this is all they know and this is the effort they get. That's bad. That's why I'm saying Frost needs to go. I get that there's really not that much better out there. But how is there not, considering where the bar has been set? It's not good. And something needs to alter. That's for sure. So I'm hoping the best for all my guys still stuck there in Lincoln covering the team. I know they love what they're doing and they love the team. And it's great down there. I love it. But I just feel so bad for them. And it just stinks. They deserve better. The whole state of Nebraska deserves better. The fan base does. Everybody who attended the university does. And it starts with getting rid of Scott Frost because he isn't getting the job done. Unless there's some kind of magic recruit coming in to save the day, it ain't cutting it.
All right, that's enough of me being pissed off at my favorite teams. Let's hope the Bulls get a victory for us. Let's hope the Bears can add some positive news or something going into this week. But nevertheless, if you want me to cover some other stuff besides Chicago teams, you know where to find me. My show, Rush Hour, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Marquee Sports Network, Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, Fubo Sling TV, and of course, VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. Covering all things Monday Night Football and beyond, like we said. The one play we're, we are making right now, Robert Williams, over those eight and a half points against the Bulls. But hoping for a Chicago win, baby. So let's go, Bulls. You are still the lone bright spot in the Windy City right now. Despite the injury to Patrick Williams, you got to cover him till he gets back, baby. All right. High hopes ahead. Keep it positive. I can't do that, but I'm trying. All right. We'll catch up for the next episode of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, folks. Uh, looking forward, we'll talk Bears futures, see if it's worth it jumping in on a win total or anything else around the NFL. But until then, best of luck with your bets and take care. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details